You are listening to Daily Grind episode 419 with entrepreneur Joe DeSina. Today's episode is brought to you by Wix. Now, there's a lot of products and services that I bring you on the here on the Daily Grind to hopefully help you live a better life. But for me, Wix is something that I have actually used. If you go to dailygrindpodcast.com right now, you can check out the newly designed website that I built from scratch using Wix. This was the first site I ever created by myself because in the past, I've had to pay someone else to build it for me. I've had to go through that back and forth of asking for something different just to end up at the end really unsatisfied and having to put up with what I had. Using Wix allowed me to design and customize the site exactly how I wanted it. If you're super creative, you can design it from scratch. Or if you're like me, you can start with one of the amazing templates, which gives you a really solid base to build off of. And then from there, everything is automatically optimized, whether it's desktop or mobile. Honestly, it's just super simple to use, easy, and anything you don't know, there's support and videos there to help you. To make this even better, they have built-in SEO, so you don't need to be an SEO expert, or you don't have to hire someone and pay someone either in order for your business to get recognized online. Now, of course, I'm not just going to rave about this amazing product and not share it with you, so if you or someone you know wants to create an amazing website All you have to do is go to wix.com forward slash podcast to get started today for 10% off. Again, that is wix.com forward slash podcast. Hey everyone, Colin Morgan here and welcome back to episode 419 featuring entrepreneur Joe DeSina. Joe is the founder and CEO of Spartan, the world's largest obstacle race and endurance brand. He has demonstrated his entrepreneurial drive since his pre-teens. After building a multi-million dollar pool and construction business in college and creating a Wall Street trading firm, DeSina set his sights on ripping 100 million people off their couches by creating the Spartan lifestyle. Following a successful career on Wall Street, DeSina moved his family to Pittsfield, Vermont to operate an organic farm, a bed and breakfast, and a general store for hikers. It was here his passion grew for ultra marathons, adventure races, and endurance events, and thus the idea for Spartan was born. With more than 1 million annual global participants at more than 200 events across more than 30 countries, Spartan offers heat for all fitness levels and ages from beginner to elite and kids as young as four years old. The brand has transformed more than 5 million lives since it was founded in 2010. Joe is also a New York Times bestselling author of Spartan Up and Spartan Fit and recently released his third book, The Spartan Way. He's a popular keynote speaker, and today he shares his amazing entrepreneurial journey with us. This is such a great story of perseverance and drive and just a belief in yourself and in your idea So everyone, as always, be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and really dive deep in today's interview with Mr. Joe DeSina. Enjoy. Just before we start today's episode, everyone, I will let you know that I recorded half this episode with my mic off and half the episode with my mic on. So the first 
15 minutes or so of this podcast is with my computer. Um, so you can still hear everything clearly, but it's not as crisp as what you're hearing right now. And then the last portion of this podcast is what you're normally hearing. So just that I pop on and let you know, but without further ado, please meet Mr. Joe Decina. Well, Joe Decina, welcome to the daily grind. How are you today? I'm grinding. I've been grinding since 4.30 a.m. 4.30? You always get up at 4.30? Um, it has to be before 5, so it's somewhere between 4.30 and I would say 4.50. And this morning uh, was on the earlier end because I heard the alarm. Gotcha. Some days, I, some days I, don't, I don't hear the alarm for 10 minutes. Why do you have to get up before 5? Is that just something that you set for yourself? I... Um, I can't figure out any other way to, to fit everything else in. So gotcha. it's, it takes me 20, 25 minutes to get my act together, right? I like to swish around coconut oil in my mouth. I take a <laughs> bunch of tinctures of stuff. I, I make some hot water. And then I got to do my exercises. I, um, I have to wake the kids up at 530. That takes, God, minimum 15 minutes to, to rip the four of them out of bed. The dog's got to be walked. The parrot's got to be fed. I got to wake my wife up. Um, it's it's uh, you know, and then I got to get my workout in. I got to get their workout in. I got to uh, do a conference call. Like it just it just goes. Fair enough. So for people listening to this, Joe, who kind of being our first introduced to you, if you wouldn't mind just kind of providing some context and explaining a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm just a neighborhood guy. I, I grew up in Queens, New York, um, in, the, in the neighborhood. And um, I ended up somehow, miraculously, in a finance job on Wall Street. I did, I did pretty well for myself, knock on wood, thanks to some great friends. And, um, and then from there, I stumbled upon uh, adventure racing and doing crazy races around the globe. And I just fell in love with it. Uh, it felt like I was alive, you know, while I was sitting on a trading desk on Wall Street, I just didn't feel alive. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and I just fell in love with this and I, I turned it into a business. I turned, I turned my passion into a business, which a lot of people don't get to do. So I'm, I'm really thankful to, to be doing this and I'm thankful to be on the podcast and I'm thankful for being alive right now <laughs> because a lot of people aren't alive. I'm happy to be alive. So true. And I think that we kind of forget that. And I think it's refreshing to hear just to be thankful to even just be able to wake up today. Exactly. So when did you start on Wall Street? I started on Wall Street. I, so my first business, let's go way back. My first business, I was born in 69. Okay. My first business I started around 1980. Um, I was obviously a very young boy. Um, and but I built it up pretty substantially. Uh, I paid my way through college. Really? And yeah, I came out of college, and the best job offers I had were thirty, thirty-five thousand a year, and uh, I was already making close to two hundred a year. So I. And what were you doing then? So when I was around, you know, ten, eleven years old, my neighbor, my parents got divorced, and my neighbor turned out to be the the boss of the Bonanno organized crime family. He took a liking to me because he had three daughters, and I was a, uh, a, a redheaded kid in a neighborhood where everybody looked Italian. Okay. Italian. I just don't look Italian. And he took me in under his wing, and he had me clean a swimming pool for um, $35 a week. 
and he taught me some great lessons. And then he gave me Vic Amuso's pool, who's still alive, who is, is the head of the Lucchese crime family. And then, um, and it just kept going from there. And I, before you know it, I had 700 customers. Uh, they trusted me. I worked hard. I didn't get into anybody's business. I just did my job. And, um, yeah. And so, and so I had no, and I had an ambition to get through college, which yep. is a whole other story, but I didn't have an ambition to, to like get a job, a regular job. I already had it. I, I mean, imagine having, imagine being, being in your low twenties, making that kind of money, graduating in Ivy league school, which was a miracle in and of itself. And, and all your customers are bosses Yeah. or, 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 or like, why would you get a job? Like, it just seemed like I'd be going backwards. But, but anyway, I met another Italian guy in Ithaca, New York, when I was in college, who, who uh, said, you're wasting your time. You need to get out of the neighborhood. You need to sell that business and you need to go to Wall Street. And he begged me for four years and I just, I didn't want to let go because again, I had, by then I had my own building, I had heavy equipment, backhoes, excavators, bobcats, trucks, and, uh, why would I? Yeah, I just felt I felt like I had arrived. I made it. Yeah. Uh, but he pushed me and he pushed me and he pushed me. And so I sold the business to my employees who, who were great. These two guys who still run the business today. Wow. I actually just went and saw them recently. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was pretty awesome to see them. And they, they've done incredibly well. And, um, and I, I, I went and took a $35,000 a year job on Wall Street. I went backwards. I took 10 steps backwards. And, uh, I ended up on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I, I remember leaving the floor of the New York Stock Exchange crying one day because I was like, fuck, I can't do the math fast enough. Maybe this isn't cut out for me. I can't believe I sold my business. Like just questioning everything. Yeah, of course. And, and then uh, and then bounced back and, and uh, took 25 leaps forward. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's my story in a nutshell. Wow, that's crazy. So at what age did you leave Wall Street? So... I had a run on Wall Street from the time I was like 26, 25, 26, to the time I was like 36, 37. Okay. Met my gorgeous, met my gorgeous, awesome wife, and um, sold the business and convinced her to move to Vermont to um, buy a farm, uh, buy some chickens and some cows, and uh, make babies. And so we. Um, we bought the farm, we got the chickens, we got the cows, and we made four babies. And, uh, and, and in, that, in that new place, in that new zone in Vermont uh, is where Spartan was really born. So how did the idea for Spartan come about? Talk through sort of the, how you went from you know, just thought, like thinking of the idea, to actually conception. Yeah, so um, I was doing races. I, when I was gotcha. on Wall Street... I was feeling, uh, I was feeling overweight. I was feeling unhealthy, and I didn't feel that way when I was doing physical labor, physical work for the, for the prior decade. So, I um, I was seeking something, but I didn't know what because we were making a lot of money at the time, and I felt like I was achieving everything I was set out to achieve. Yeah. And I one day serendipitously, uh, the the um, the elevator was busted, and so I was taking the stairs, and sure enough, I run into a guy who um, changed my life because he was walking up and down the stairs with dumbbells and he started talking to me about his daily 
routine and his adventure racing. And anyway, we became friends and started working out together. And um, next thing I know, I fell in love with these races, these these events that would bring me outside and in the wild and doing really cool shit. And uh, and then, like I said, I'm I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm doing I'm doing these yeah. events, and I'm like. I want to put on an event like this. I think it'd be great. Um, and so funny enough, the first event we ever put on was um, right after September 11th. Oh, wow. So, you know, I don't know, 19 years ago, I guess? Yeah. 19. And, you know, after September 11th, all the sponsors pulled out. And I had already committed to spend close to a half a million dollars on this thing, but I was gonna get covered by the sponsors who are now walking away because of September 11th. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just, I'm just such a gritty, uh, won't take no for an answer lunatic, <laughs> and and it just felt like the wrong thing to do because I was very close to the towers falling and that whole thing. It felt wrong for me to um, to walk away and not put on the event. And so uh, I put on the event, lost a half a million bucks. Wow. But, um, but now I was so pregnant, now I was so invested that I wouldn't let go. And so for the next, God, it's been, like I said, it's been 19 years, right? 2020 is going to be yeah. almost 20 years. And, and, um, and it's been a journey because the 15 of those years I lost money. From, from all the way from September 11th forward, 15 years I lost money. Why did you and, continuously do it if you were losing money? I'm not that smart. I am. Um, <laughs> uh, but I but I mean it when I say that. I'm 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 really a, a fire ready aim kind of guy. I think if I've had any success in life, it's because I actually move. I take action. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people just are stuck. Of course. They're not, they're not, they're not moving, and there's there's probably much more efficient strategic, uh, better ways to get to end results that I've gotten to. Uh, I've gone the long way, the hard way. Um, but I, but I, I think I kind of like it. I like, I like the, um, I like the grind and I never, I don't like standing still. You know, my wife says I'm more like a comet, um, where I'm just flaming at, just constantly on fire and moving. I, you know, if I wake up in the morning, I don't lay in bed for five seconds I get up and get going and and uh, I just didn't want to quit I don't like to quit and, yeah. and you know there, there are times in life I've learned now I'm 50 years old I learned now that there are times we're supposed to quit we're supposed to pivot but um, but I, I don't I'm not good at that so I just I stuck with it I kept putting more money in I, I was begging and borrowing and stealing and you know I invested my most of my life savings and and eventually it worked, um, but that doesn't always have have to happen. But but I think when I think about it, and I look at youngsters now that have the drive and the you know the ambition to go after it, um, I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is just stick to itness, like yeah. not not quitting uh, is 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 probably the biggest reason. Now, you know, if you've got a shitty business idea with a shitty product and in the wrong location, uh, it's not going to work. However, if you stick to it long enough, you probably pivot, you change the product, you move the location, you just keep doing it and tweaking it until you figure it out. But most people, 
they just they tap out. Yeah, they tap out. So, where do you think you got that muscle from? Like, where where do you get that grit from? That no quit sort of attitude that you have. Where do you think that comes from? Well, it definitely can be developed. I'm I'm attempting to develop it with our children now. Um, it's got to be rewarded and praised and presented to the kids. Um, I was really lucky in the neighborhood I grew up in was a very gritty neighborhood. I mean, it, the four of the five organized crime families uh, lived there. Everybody was either uh, going into jail or coming out of jail or, or shot dead. Yeah. So at a young age, you're, the narrative you're playing in your head is, are you tough enough? At least I was. Uh, you know, am I tough enough? I used to take cold showers before it was cool or Wim Hof even existed. Really? Uh, yeah, and it wasn't because I was looking at health benefits. I just wanted to know, like, could I, could I do the time? Because that just seemed like the route everybody was going. Like, you had, you had to do your time to prove that you were tough enough to move. Like, that's what I, I mean, it sounds silly, but that's what I yeah. think. That's what we all thought as kids. We wanted, you know, the Cadillac and the rolls of cash in our pockets. So, so I grew up, and then the other, the other um, population, and then in that neighborhood in, in the Brooklyn Queens area is is really hardworking, really industrious. They they wake up early in the morning, usually a family business, whether it's concrete or tow trucking or pizza places, whatever it is, and you're seeing second, third generation, and um, it just becomes part of your fabric. And then, and then you, you layer on top of that, you know, hearing your grandfather say one day, man, that kid's a hard worker. And he probably said it just loud enough for me to hear it, right? And then you start to define yourself that way. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have a little success in life and you realize, holy smokes, the reason I got that success was because I grinded it out. Um, and so then it just perpetuates itself with, with my kids because, you know, they're growing up in a fancy neighborhood. They don't have the... the the background I had, um, I'm making them do wrestling. They got to learn Mandarin, which is a, a hard language for, oh, for wow. kids. They got to wake up every morning, 5.30 and work out. Um, you know, we, I, I make them do uh, tough things. And I do pat them on the back when they achieve things. And I try to let them know that they're hard workers. And so I'm trying to kind of stage it, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Like, I, it's not. It's not perfect because we're not in India or, you know, the favela in Brazil where the kids are legitimately just going to be gritty because that's where they, right? So I, I got to kind of fake it. Um, but I, but I, I make them, I make it, you know, we'll know, we'll know in 18 years. I'm in the middle of writing a, a, a parenting book, actually. Oh, wow. What, what the hell do I know? But, but, um, but, but I do know one thing. I do know one thing. More, more grit is better. Period. End of story. Yes. How can, say, someone listening right now, maybe a young entrepreneur or someone who is aspiring to develop their own business, has this idea, but maybe doesn't have the level of grit that they need? What are some things they can practice in order to start to develop that skill? Well, you got to change your frame of reference. So uh, we all have the tools to be extremely gritty. Uh, how do I know that? We've lasted on this planet a long time as human beings, and we are animals. Mm -hmm. However, however, we are all learning helplessness. So if we don't activate those tools, you know, it's use it or lose it, right? And 
so how do you use it? Well, we're going to have to fake it in, in our environment because we just have it too good. We've got climate controlled buildings. We've got uh, temperature controlled showers. We've got. So it was at this moment where my mic, I realized it was not on. So I turned it on. So we're back to Joe talking about purposefully suffering and the benefits of that. What you have to do is do some purposeful suffering. So you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to talk to people that you're maybe a little shy talking to. You got to do burpees uh, early in the morning. You got to take cold showers. You got to park the car uh, an extra seven blocks from the grocery store. Um, you you got to, the obstacle is the way, right? Ryan Holiday talked about the obstacle is the way. That's That's been our philosophy for 2,600 years over here. So um, just make life a little harder. And what starts to happen I know what happened for me is um, it changes your frame of reference. It changes the glasses you wear through life. Like, like when shit hits the fan, when you can't make payroll, when you're out of money, when 9-11 strikes, when, when, when grandma gets cancer, whatever it is, because we're all going to go through tough times, yeah. um, you have a reference point now. And you start to say, okay, that's tough, but thank God I'm not doing 4,000 burpees right now. Or thank God I'm not frozen in Alaska crossing uh, the Iditarod Trail, right? So you need some reference points that are tough. Because if your only reference point is living in a Park Avenue apartment where everything's catered to, well, then you're going to snap. You're going to break when times get tough. So true. Because you you've never used the tools. Like, like you practice piano. You practice math. Uh, you practice basketball, right? Why not practice adversity? Yeah, I think that's such a valuable tool because I think people who haven't faced adversity, I know we're going through a time right now where the economy's great and everyone has the ability to do whatever they want, but there is going to be another point where things crash and people are going to start to have to refocus where they are and they're going to have to practice quickly getting over adversity. Um, but I think people even knowing that and hearing that they don't do it. And it's interesting. No doubt about it. Um, and by the way, it sounds awful. Maybe if you're listening, but, um, I have some friends that are really well to do. They're great friends. They changed my life and they wanted to go to Japan and they organized this wonderful trip uh, for all of us, our family, their family. And I can't even tell you how awesome it was The um, great, um, hotels, concierge, the whole thing, right? However, in the trip, I said, we're going to see the waterfall monks and we're going to see the marathon monks. And I took them on this journey, 20 mile hike with the kids. We're under ice cold water, we're freezing. At the end of that trip, that eight day trip, they and their children said that was the best part of the whole trip, which again, if we were academics and we put that on paper, there's no way you would say that that's gonna be the best part, it was terrible. Totally. But they loved it. Wow. So going back to your business, you know, you had mentioned for 15 years you hadn't made any money, but you stuck with it, kept going, you believed in it. What do you think changed for you in your six? Like, was there, a, was there something that you realized like, wow, I'm not doing this or I was missing this and you started to do it and, and that's when it became profitable or it was just, you did it for long enough. It became popular and that's when it became profitable. I had, I had not pivoted the first decade was 
the wrong product. Gotcha. They were very, very long distance races. I was half ass execution because I was very busy still with finance. It was a hobby on the side. Um, the world hadn't caught up to what I was presenting. Uh, in 2000, uh, I'm making up numbers, but just to give you an idea of the size, in, in 2000, there was like a couple of hundred million dollars spent on people attending uh, endurance events. Uh, today, it's like, uh, uh, again, don't hold me exactly to these numbers. Yeah. It's like three billion. Wow. It's 10, it's 10 15, 20 times the size of uh, the marketplace. So there's more people attending events. There's more people interested in hard events. There's a ton of uh, retired and active military that are in the population now because of the last 15 years plus of, of, of war. Um, there's a huge CrossFit community of 18,000 gyms around the globe. There's um, combat and UFC hasn't heard its help. Uh, Facebook showed up. Right, so people could share these experiences. So the world changed and came my way. Uh, I changed the product to go its way a little bit. I softened it a bit. I went from putting on 350 mile distance races, which no one wanted to do, probably still doesn't want to do, <laughs> to um, three mile, eight mile, and 13 mile. Okay. Uh, I changed the name. Don't discount the value of a name. The name Spartan is a pretty fucking unbelievable name. No doubt. Uh, right? Um, 2,600 years of history. Um, and you just, and then everything else in between, you just, you just figure it out. Uh, so if I didn't pivot, if the world didn't come my way, um, and, and, and let's not forget the most important thing, I was able to continue to fund it. Yeah. Right. I was able to continue to find money week after week to keep this thing going. So how did you like, where does that skill come from? Like how, how were you able to do that? You know, my kid, we have four. My my second boy uh, has been playing around with this idea of having a landscaping business. He's um, he just turned twelve, and I'm letting him play around. I gave him a push mower, and and it really brings back a lot of memories to the pool business when I had it. And yeah. so I think, I think that pool business in that neighborhood with the customers I had, it was like, it was like a triple Harvard education. Like you can't. Like, can you imagine being pre-teens and having customers that screamed at you, wouldn't pay you, te teaching you lessons? Like, my my neighbor said to me, I, I was pre-teens. If you're going to show up at 8 o'clock, you show up at 7.45, right? Yeah. If you're going to clean the pool, you make sure you also straighten up the shed, straighten up the lawn furniture, clean around. Even though I'm not paying, you go above and beyond. You never ask for money. You get paid, like... Little little lessons that, um, and I was getting those all day long, and I was getting feedback: what worked, what didn't, um, how to really take. Like customers always first, and and whenever the you know whenever that's not the case, the customers always like customers always right. Period. End of story. So, I had tons of screw ups. Um, I I had tons of fights. I couldn't make payroll. I lost employee. Everything that could go wrong with any business, and all happening. At a, at a very young age, so it's rewiring my brain. But then, then I have the opportunity to be in college while this is going on. Yeah. So everybody, everybody else is sitting in college and they're taking classes that are like this very academic and very, you know, theory based. Well, I'm applying the theories real time to my business in every class. That's just the way my brain is going because I'm running a business. Yeah. So. Yeah, hard, hard to replicate. And, and 
And I, and I wonder, you know, I, I think about it every day. I say, with our kids, with our children, our four, um, am I better off? Like, as much as I want them to wrestle or my, or my neighbors want their kids to be great skiers or whatever, is that a bit selfish? The thing that they really should be doing is probably waitressing and starting that little landscaping business and doing brickwork, right? Because like, unless they're gonna be uh, an Olympian, unless they're gonna be an Olympian, what, like, yeah, wrestling's gonna give them some resiliency, but like, waitressing's pretty tough at a young age. Doing dishes is pretty tough, right? Yeah. Painting houses is pretty tough. So, so I'm, I'm wrestling with that in my mind. I don't know if I answered the question or not. That's, that's. <laughs> no, you definitely did. Um, for people out there who want to learn about Spartan, who want to learn more about you, maybe grab a copy because you just came out with your third book. Is that right? I just, um, came out with our third book called the Spartan way. First book was Spartan up. Second book was Spartan fit. You're starting to see a theme here. Yep. Third book was a Spartan way, uh, basically 10 principles that if you, if you hone in on these principles that are, again, they're thousands of years old. I didn't invent them. Um, you, you will crush life. And now the fourth book I'm, I'm working on is, is a parenting book, um, which my wife reluctantly, yeah. um, chimed in on the last few days, which is great. Um, <laughs> because she definitely got the softer side to my very sharp edges. I love that. So for people out there who want to grab a copy, learn more about you, where's the best place they can go? Yeah, shoot me an email. I'll, I'll give anybody, I, this is not, for me, my dream would be that the government would pay us and this would be a public service. This is like, anybody needs a book or a free entry, yeah. a Spartan, just shoot me an email, joe at spartan.com. I'm happy to help anybody out there. Um, and, or you just go to spartan.com and, and, and navigate around. But you'll, we got a podcast, we got books, all, you know, all, the, all the things you would expect. Um, 275 events in 45 countries, uh, 1.3 million people a year do the events. It's um, it's awesome. It's all, and the stories coming out every year from people talk about grit and resilience and just motivational stories. Like they're just unbelievable. People missing legs, arms, back with their husbands, back with their wife, lost two hundred pounds, uh, gave up drugs. It's just every day the stories just roll in. So it's I, I get to do this. It's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. And anytime someone like Joe is willing to provide an email address for you to reach out. Um, first of all, respect is time. And second of all, take advantage of it because it doesn't happen too often. So I do appreciate it, Joe. And now, Joe, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with today. All right. One, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one thought, but it's going to comprise three things. Love it. Here's what I want Here's what I want everybody to do every day. If you do this, your whole life will change, okay? Every morning, I want you to do 30 burpees. Do them as fast as you can. Make sure you stretch before and after. Every morning, I want you to take a cold shower, right? 30 burpees, take a cold shower, and every day, every night, I want you to go to bed early. You do those three things, your whole life will change. Go to bed early, take a cold shower, do 30 burpees in the morning. That's simple. Love it. What's early to you? Like, give us a time. Well, you should be, your eyes should be shut before 10 p.m. Got you. Okay, love it. Well, uh, I'm going to share this little routine. I'm going to practice this routine myself. So feel free to jump in with me on this. And uh, Joe, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here and sharing your wisdom with the Daily Grind listeners today. 
Awesome. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today's suffering. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. I truly hope you found today's episode super impactful and you're going to start to incorporate some of what Joe said into your life. But we'll be back here tomorrow with another amazing episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Share this out with a friend. Drop a comment. I appreciate everything. Thank you so much for the support. And always remember, everyone, to keep on grinding. Yeah.